All right, Shavu, say good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of ER, Yonah Shashi Ehrenfeld, for dedicating all of the Shurim and Joshua's this month, the Eli Nishmas, Yonah's grandfather, Yosef Ben Shmuel Aaron, to thank our Talmud Torah sponsor for ER, Mark Karstadt, for dedicating all of the Shurim and Joshua's this month in memory of, a memory of his mother, Hannah Bas Shragai. Thank our Dafyomi sponsor for today, Ben Goldberg, Shikoch, for dedicating the Shir today in commemoration of the art site of his mother, Peggy Goldberg, Fega Rezel Bas Yaakov. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families in Nechama. We also continue to dedicate our learning over the next number of days for, the, for those who perished in Meron Alag Baomer. And today we dedicate our learning, the Eloi Nishmas Simcha Diskind. Simcha Diskind was 23 years old of Beit Shemesh was buried on past Friday in Haifa and survived by his wife and two young children. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, his Nisham will have an aliyah and his family in Nechama. And also with that, let us begin. So we are picking up today's Daphis Chafei, and thank you to Rabbi Kalman Akiva, I saw him on Zoom before, for, uh, for, giving, for giving shir yesterday. We will say we are picking up Emirat Hashem on today's Daphis Chafei, and I know you got to the last two lines of Chafdal Mabez, but let's just back up a little bit beginning six lines up from the bottom on Chavdal on base 24b, the new Suya. Bema Mephaisin. Shavu say we remember again, we'll be speaking about the Pios, the lottery. Now the Gemara asks, how are the Kohanim dressed when they do the lottery? Right? What's the, what's the attire for the lottery? Rav Nachman, Amr Big Dei Nachman says, they're wearing regular clothing. Big Dei Chol, unconsecrated, meaning non-Big Dei Kuhuna. Rav Sheshes, Amr Big Dei Chol, Rav says, no, they're wearing Big Dei Kuhuna. So both say, this is the Mechlokas. Are the Kohanim dressed for the Avoda at the time of the lottery or not? Mechlokas, Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshes. Rav Nachman, Amr Big Dei Chol, Rav Nachman said they're wearing their regular non-Kohanim clothing, the army of Big Day Kodesh, Ikobali's rose, the the Hamsi Vaavdi. Because Rosh Nachman says they must be wearing unconsecrated clothing. Why? Because if they were wearing consecrated clothing, here's the concern. What's gonna obviously only one coin wins the lottery. If they're all dressed, right, all dressed for the Avoda, there could be someone who gets a little bit braggis that he did not win the lottery. And he may be stronger than his fellow Kohanim and he may use force to go ahead and do the avod. There's nothing really to stop him because he could go quickly. He's already dressed for the occasion. Therefore, again, Rav Nachman posits, let's keep the kind of big day chol. That way, again, in order to do the avod, the next step afterwards is you have to change. So because you have to change, it kind of prevents anyone from just inserting themselves and performing the avoda. Rav Shesha says, big day kodesh. Rav Shesha says, no, they're wearing big day kodesh. Why? The armor the big day chol, because if you hold that they're wearing big day chol, Agav Chavibuse Mikru Va'abdi. Both say very beautiful. It could very well be that if they're wearing big day chol, unmeaning non Kohanic clothing, the concern would be that what? That, they would, that the coin who won the lottery would get so excited that what would occur? He would do the avoda immediately without even thinking, right? Without, we just learned about shogeg, right? You just learned about accidental, okay? It's very nice, yes, chavivos, but lamaisa, that's still, that's still another. You're on a pretty significant avera. But he may get so excited about the avoda that he may just rush to do the avoda without being properly dressed. I'm Rav Nachman. So Rav Nachman says, let's analyze a bit more. So Rav Nachman says, but say, from where do I know that halacha lamaisa the coin does the avoda the big day chol? So where do I know that from? This nun we learned masrul nechazonin. So we'll say after we'll learn this later on after the 
after the after the lottery, they would go ahead and give over the kohanim to the chazanin. We'll say chazanin were the attendants. Vahyumafshitin oson espigdehen, and they would remove the clothing from the coin. And all the coin was wearing was like the, the pants that went underneath everything else. So the Gemara says, Top of Chav, hey, my love, Ba'osan Shezach Ulapais. Are we not referring to the Kohen who won the lottery or the Kohanim who won the lottery? So Rabbi said, What's going on over here? So remember, remember we saw that, that when you entered in through Sharnikanor, right? When you entered into the base of Mikdash on the, on the, on the eastern side, right? There was only one gate on the eastern side, Sharnikanor. So you would, there was 11 Amas span over there that was called Ezra Sisrael. And remember again in Sharnikanor, there were two chambers to the right and to the left. The chamber to the right was called the chamber of Pinchas Hamalbish, right? Pinchas the clothier. So remember again, the Kohanim were dressed by attendants. So now the Brai Sovir, the Mishnah over here, describes that the coin was given over to the attendants. The attendants essentially stripped him down, leaving on the Michnasayim, his pants, and then they would dress him. So I will say, doesn't this sound like Surab Nachman says, what does this sound like? This sounds like over here that the coin was wearing big day chol during the lottery. And then after he won the lottery, he would go to the attendant and the attendant would dress him. So the Gemara says, Am Rav Huna, no. Barihuda, Am Rav Shesh is low. Boson No, so they, they actually say, no, the dismissions are referring to Rabosai are, are to the people who did not win the lottery. <laughs> but the Mishnah may actually highlight is everyone came to the lottery dressed for action, right? Everyone came to the lottery dressed for the avoda. In fact, again, those who did not win the lottery, what, were then undressed by the attendants. So the Gemara Shachanai Mistar, this seems to make more sense, because if you think that it refers to those who won the lottery, what does it mean when it says, If you look at the Lashon of the, of the Mishnah, so what it sounds like over here is they undressed him, and the only thing they left on him were his pants. Where's pants? Michnasayim. So the Gemara says, that, that doesn't make sense if you hold there wearing big day kahuna. Why not? Vatanya, we learned, Minayin shlo davar kodem lemichnasayim. Bosef, from where do we know? And this is incredible. When the Kohanim got dressed, there was an order to the begadim. There was an order to the begadim. Bosef, very, very much, very much, you know, reminiscent of the, or not reminiscent, but this is one of the reasons why we have an order as to how we get dressed as well, right? The Gemara Masechus Brachas, that there's a right shoe before a left shoe, tying of a left shoe before a right shoe. The Gemara Masechus Brachas even brings down about putting on your shirt, putting on your pants, there's different orders for things. So I just want to point out something very interesting, which is, where does this all come from? This comes from the Beis HaMikdash, right? I don't know if it comes from other places, it comes from the Gemara, the Gemara brings other sources as well, but this notion of having an order when you get dressed comes from the base Hamikdash. But we, we've spoken of this many times before. What's the Svarah? Why, why does it matter? Right? You think about this in the morning, right? especially when you wake up early in the morning, you're just happy if you remember to get dressed, right? If I put on all of my articles of clothing at 5.15 or whatever it is in the morning, that's an incredible accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But why, why, why does there have to be a, why does it have to be an order? Because they're both remember again, the emotional was teaching is such a profound lesson. Seder. Seder is the key to success in life. You have to have an order, right? You have to have time management. You have to have life management. You have to decide what you want to do, how you're going to do it, the order in which you're going to execute. Because those who lack Seder in life 
end up wasting an incredible amount of time spinning their wheels and accomplishing very little. And again, that from the beginning, from the beginning moment of the morning in the Beis HaMikdash, when you got dressed, there was an order to how you get dressed. Cohen, and I will say, by the way, the Beis HaMikdash, you notice, by the way, is all about Seder. It's all about Seder. And I will say, what happens if you break the Seder in the Beis HaMikdash? It's bad news. Bad news, right? Nadav and Avi were the first ones to break, to break the Seder in the Mikdash, and it doesn't work out well. So the Gemara says, listen to this. The Gemara says, How do you know that the Mikdashayim, the, the pants, are the first thing that the coin has to put on? So the Gemara says, Pasik says, And literally the linen pants shall be on his flesh. Now that teaches us, number one, First of all, that there can't be anything. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll see you, that there can't be anything. The, the Michnasayim essentially also served as like the undergarments of the Kohen. There was nothing else that he could wear underneath the Michnasayim. But the Gemara is using it here to teach me is Al-Bisaro means it's the first article of clothing you put on. It's the first thing you put on are the Michnasayim. So the Gemara says, so therefore again, it can't be over here. It can't be over here that Halacha Lamaisa that this must be described, it can't be that they were wearing big day kuna, or I should say the Gimara says, it can't be, right? So if the Nechlasayim have to be the first thing that they were putting on, then it doesn't make sense when the Bryce says, Vayimafshitin oso es big dayin, falaho yumanichin alayin ela Nechlasayim, to which the Gimara says, Vidak, the other opinion will say, lo kasha, hachi katani, ad sha'odin alayhen, big day chol, now the other opinion will say what it means to say is like this. Essentially, I will say, if you go with the approach that the coin was wearing big day chol, so then halacha lamaisa, what they would do is, they would undress him, right? They would undress him, and they would go ahead, First, they would put on the michnasayim, the big day kuna, and only then would they remove the rest of his big day chol. The Gemara says, And ultimately, again, then by the time they removed his big day chol, all he would have left on would be the michnasayim of the big day kuna. Okay, we'll say, so point over here is we tried to bring this Mishnah, Rav Nachman tried to bring this Mishnah as a proof that the Kohanim showed up for the pious, for the lottery, wearing big day chol. And all the Gemara has just proven is that halacha lamaisa, the b'risa could be read to support Rav Sheshis' opinion as well. Good. So we'll say, I'm Rav Sheshis. Rav Sheshis says, Menamin Allah. Rav Sheshis, from where do I know my opinion? That halacha lamaisa, the Kohanim showed up to the pious, wearing, wearing big day kuhuna. So the Sanya, because we learned about this, is very interesting. Lishkas hagazes kemin basilki gidola haisa. The Lishkas Hagazis was like, like what's what? Basilki means a, a, a basilla, was a large dome-like structure. That was the Lishkas Hagazis. So remember again, if you have, if you have your base Hamikdash map, you don't even have to pray, I'll, I'll take it out for you. But if you have your base Hamikdash map, so I'll say, so just see what we're looking at, the Lishkas Hagazis is, is square Yotes. This is the Lishkas Hagazis over here. So remember again, just to orient, you're coming in the, the east, eastern side of the base Hamikdash, this is the Sharnikanor over here, Sharnikanor. This this rectangle over here is Ezra Sisral. And up here you have up here you have the Lishkas Hagazis. So both remember again as we established, that's also where Lishkas Parhedrin is, right? In that same box, that is where that's the that's the chamber where the Kohen Gadol would be sequestered over the course of his seven days. And we'll say now you're gonna see it makes a lot of sense because what happened in Lishkas Hagazis? 
that's where the Sanhedrin would sit. That's where the Sanhedrin would sit. And it was, we already learned that over the course of his seven-day sequestering, he was educated by members of the Sanhedrin. So it makes sense that everything is happening right over here. So Moses said, that's, so this is the, this is the Lishkas, this is, I'm sorry, the Lishkas Agazes. So the Gemara says, listen to this. Lishkas Agazes came in basilki isos. Lishkas Agazes was like a large basilla, a large dome-like structure. So the Gemara says, Pais b'mizracha, listen to this. So they used to draw the lottery. The lotteries were drawn in the eastern part of that chamber. V'zokin Yoshev Marava. And again, the elder, the elder will discuss all of this. The elders sat in the west. And the Kohanim would stand in a circle during the lottery. The Kohen who was in charge of counting off the Kohanim for the lottery would come. And he would take the Mitznefes. He would take the hat. We'll say this is just talking about the, the process of the lottery. So everybody's assembled. So just here's what we know. Everyone's assembled in the Lishkas Hagazis, right? And the Zokin, the elder, is sitting in the west. And the Kohanim are going ahead and standing in a circle in the east. And what happens? The Mamuna, the Kohen who is in charge of counting off the Kohanim, he goes ahead and takes off the hat of one of the Kohanim. The Yodin Shemimenum Pais Maschil. And I will say again, the Kohen who was unheaded, right, who, who, right, who had his hat removed, he was the individual from whom they began the count. They began the count. The Yisra, the Gemara, so I'll say, so now why is this important for us? The Yisra, Big Day Chol. Now, if you think that the Kohanim were wearing Big Day Chol for the pious, Mitznefes, the Big Day Chol, Mi'ika. We'll say, Mitznefes, the hat, is one of the Big Day Kuna. So the fact that the Mishnah explicitly says that, Allah, or the Brisa says, excuse me, that Allah, they would begin the count from the coin who was wearing the mitzvah, I'm sorry, they would remove the mitznefes from the coin from whom they began the count, tells us what? That the kohanim were dressed for the pious. They clearly were dressed for the lottery. To which the Gemara says, and therefore this is, a, this is, this is, this braisa supports Rav Sheishas. To which the Gemara says, not necessarily. The Gemara says, um, sorry, And if you would think, like Rav Nachman, that the Quran were wearing Big Day Chol to the pious, is there a Mitznefes by Big Day Chol? To which the Gemara says, in. Yes, actually, there might be. Where? This is incredible. It's actually quite beautiful, and we'll discuss this in greater depth later on. We spoke about this actually in Shkalim, if you remember, that Big Day Kuhuna must be made from communal funds. But remember again, we discussed the case, what happens if a Kohen wants to get his own tailor-made Big Day Kuhuna, or as we're going to see, it was often the custom of the mothers of the Kohanim to make their sons Big Day Kuhuna. So remember again, does that work? Is that appropriate? To which the Gemara says it can, provided that what? Provided that what? They donate it to the Beis HaMikdash. In other words, that big day kuna has to belong to the community. It can't belong to the individual. So if the coin's mother wants to make him a beautiful beset of big day kuna, that's fine. But she has to donate it to the Beis HaMikdash. There was one more caveat. That could count. The coin could use that for a big day for, for avoda, but only for avodas yachid, not for avodas tzibor. It's really quite interesting, I will say. So therefore, again, he could use it for private service, but he could not use those begadim for communal service. Therefore, I will say, therefore, listen to this. So therefore, you can have a case of a coin showing up for avoda, wearing big day kuna. But I will say, remember again, 
when they're when they're doing this first lottery, the lottery is for the Trumas Hadeshin, which is which is an avoda, which is communal avoda. So the coin could be dressed, so to speak, for avoda, but not dressed to do communal avoda. So remember again, so we were saying the fact that they removed the mitznefes from the coin who's going from whom they're going to begin the count shows us that the Kohanim come dressed for avoda. To which the Gemara says. Not necessarily. It shows us that the Kohanim could come dressed in big day kahuna, but lav dafka, that they are dressed for communal avoda. Quite interesting. So Amra Abaye, Abaye says, so we'll say, so, so therefore the Gemara now transitions to another, to another discussion regarding, regarding the Lishkas Hagazis. So we'll say, so what do we do with this machlokis? So we'll say, so remember again, we are left now with a machlokis between Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshas. How do the Kohanim come dressed to the lottery. Rav said, this is a major shayla. So Rav Nachman telling us, big day chol. Rav Shesha is telling us, Rav Shesha is telling us, big day cholish. How do we paskin? So Rav said, the Rambam in Hilchos Tmidinu Musafin, Perek Dalid, Perek Dalid, Halacha Aleph writes as follows. Rav said, here's the Halacha. Kol ha'avodah sa'ilusha osin b'chol yom, b'payi sa'yo osin osa. So first of all, again, we've already seen this. All of the avodos of the day were divided up by lottery. The case of ha'yo osin, how would they go ahead and perform the lottery? Call Kohani Bate Avoshoyom, all of the Kohanim who belong to the Bate Avos, the families who are doing the Avodah that day, Nichnasun Lelishkas Hagazis, would come into Lishkas Hagazis, as we'll discuss, Acher Shialam Udashachar, after dawn, Umilu Bashin Hain Bibigde Kuhuna. Let's say here it is explicit. Halacha Mperak Dalit, Halacha Aleph, Hilchos Timidinu Musafin, the Rabban Paskins like Rav Sheshas, that the Kohanim would show up clothed, wearing big dick Huna, and that's how they would come ultimately again to the lottery. Obviously, those who did not win the lottery would then go and be, what's the word, disrobed, right? Unclothed from the, from the big day kuna. But Allah said, everyone shows up ready to do the avod. Incredible. So we'll say, now let's talk a little bit about the Lishka Sagaz. It's very exciting. So we'll say, so remember again, talking about square your tests over here, we're gonna, we're gonna give it a little bit more definition. Lishka Sagaz is seat of the Sanhedrin. So says the Gimar. I'm gonna buy Shmamina. Learn from this previously stated bray. So Lishka Sagaz is Chetzia Bekolish Chetzia Bechol. And I will say, interestingly enough, the way the Lishka Sagaz was situated, half of it was in the consecrated area of the Beis HaMikdash, and half of it was in an unconsecrated area of the Beis HaMikdash. Why? How do we know this? Well, we'll see why in just a moment. Ushmamina, furthermore, again, you also see, Shnei Psachim Hayula. There must have been two entrances into the Lishkas HaGazis, right? Echad Pesach BaKodesh, the Echad Pesach BaChol. And one entrance was in the Kodesh, or in other words, one entrance was to a sanctified part of the Beis HaMikdash, and one entrance was to an unsanctified part of Harabayas, or to the Beis HaMikdash as well. How do we know this, Rabosai? So there, there are two statements made vis-a-vis the Lishkas HaGazis. Number one, that the chamber was kind of divided in two. Part of it, not, not literally, not literally, but Kiddusha-wise, part of it was situated in the Kodesh, and part of it was situated in Chol. That's statement number one. Statement number two, that there were two different entrances. The Pashtos, one entrance in the Kodesh area, or to the Kodesh area, and one entrance to the Chol area. Like Gemara says, why do I say this? Here we go. Because if you think that the entire Lishkas HaGazas was situated in the Kodesh, Zakin Yoshev Ma'arava. What did the Bryce say about side? That the elder of the Sanhedrin is sitting in the west, right? In the west of the chamber. But we learned, Rabbi Sayyid, Ein Yeshiva Ba'azara El Lamalchi Beis David Bilvad. 
But let's say no one is allowed to sit in the Beis HaMikdash except for Davidic kings. There is no yeshiva b'mikdash. This is part of the halacha or part of the, part of the concept of mora b'mikdash. You have to come with a certain sense of reverence and respect to the Beis HaMikdash. I don't wear my shoes. I don't bring my staff. I don't bring my money bag. And we don't sit in the Beis HaMikdash except for Davidic kings. So the fact that the Brisa says that someone is sitting in the Lishka Sagazes, this zokim, this elder, indicates to me that clearly part of the Lishka Sagazes is situated in the Chol, in an unconsecrated area. Furthermore, these and if you would think that, maybe, well, maybe you'll say, maybe the entire Lishka Sagazes is situated in the Chol, maybe the entire chamber is situated in an unconsecrated part, that can't be, I'll tell you why. Because after all, the Gemara says, we just said the lottery takes place in the eastern part of the chamber, so we'll say, but we, we have the Pasuk and Sefer tell him. And David Amalek says, So we'll say, listen to this. The Pasuk says, in the house of Hashem, we will go with excitement. Now we'll see exactly, by the way, what that, what that Pasuk has to go ahead. Actually, no, I'm sorry. We just saw that at the, at the end of Chavdal and Abbas. Well, remember again, the Gemara asked, why do we do so many lotteries? Why do we do so many lotteries? Right? Why don't we just do one lottery for everything? What did the Gemara, what did the Gemara answer? The Gemara quoted this Pasuk. The base of the Kim Nahalik Baragesh. We want to create an excitement, a rash, an excitement. So the lotteries create an excitement. And I will say, so where is the excitement of the lotteries created? Where does it have to take place? The base of Kim. The base of Kim is a consecrated part of the base of Mikdash. So once I know, so most it's very interesting. So here's what I know. I know that the lotteries are taking place inside of Lishkas Agazes, as the Brisa told me. I know that the lotteries must take place in the Kodesh, in a part of the Mikdash that is called Beis Salukim, a consecrated area. But I also know that the elder is sitting on the western side of the Lishkas Agazes, which tells me what? Which tells me what? That that must be in an unconsecrated area, because at the end of the day, no one's allowed to sit in the Kodesh except from Malchi Beis David. So how do I reconcile this? So I'll say, what do I see from here? I see from here that Halacha half of the Lishka is in the Kodesh, and half of it is in the Chol. Half of it, I will say, is consecrated, half of it is unconsecrated. So clearly, again, what you begin to see from here is that Halacha the area where the pious took place, right, the area which the Gemara says over here, the Gemara says that the pious took place on the east, towards the eastern side. So towards the eastern side, ultimately, again, was going to be the Kodesh area. And the western side, ultimately, again, the area where the Zakin was sitting, was the unconsecrated area. So you see from here that the chamber itself was divided between Kodesh Lechol. So the Gemara said, what was the second thing the Brisa said? That there were two entrances. So the Gemara said, I'll tell you why this has to be as well. This is incredible. If you think that there was only one entrance, and the entrance opened up to the consecrated area of the base, the Shadda Kodesh, then how could someone be sitting in the chamber? After all, halishkos It's actually a very interesting halacha. Very interesting halacha. Well, say if you have a chamber in the base of Mikdash, listen to this idea. If you have a chamber in the base of Mikdash, even if the chamber itself is situated in an unconsecrated area, 
but it opens exclusively into a consecrated area, the chamber itself is treated as a consecrated area. In other words, the identity of a chamber is fundamentally forged by the area in which it opens to, which, which makes sense. Because we'll say, ultimately, again, where you open to is going to be your point of access. So even if, even if geographically the chamber is situated in the chol, but it only has one entrance that opens into the kodesh, the interior of the interior of the the interior of the chamber itself is considered kodesh, right? The gemara And if you want to say ultimately again that there was only one entrance to the chamber and the entrance went to the chol to the unconsecrated area, then pious b'mizracha. Then how would you go ahead and be allowed to do? the lottery in the eastern part of the chamber, when as we just said before, the lottery has to be done where? The lottery has to be done, the lottery has to be done in the Kodesh, to which the Gemara Sivatanan we learned, Benuyos Bekodesh Upsuchos Lechol Tochan Chol. We'll say this is incredible. Say, it's, it's, the, it's the opposite idea. If you have a chamber that is mamish built in the Kodesh, but it has one entrance, and that one entrance is to the Chol, then the status of the chamber is dictated by the positioning of the entrance. Right? So therefore, again, even though the chamber itself is situated in the Kodesh, if the only entranceway is to the Chol, the chamber is treated like Chol. If that's the case, then Allah Chalamaisi would not be permitted to go ahead and do the pious there. Therefore, I both say, now, so I both say we're kind of working backwards a little bit. The fact that in one chamber, the fact that in one chamber, you have someone sitting and you also have the pious, you also have the lottery, right, which has to be done on the Kodesh, and that's all happening in one chamber, tells me two things. Number one, that part of it, part of the chamber is Kodesh, part of it is Chol, and number two, there must be two entrances. There must be two entrances. One entrance to the Kodesh, and one entrance to the Chol. Therefore, I say there must be two entrances, right, two entrances, one entrance to the Kodesh, one entrance to the Chol, and I will say that the two entrances allow the chamber to have which identity? Which identity? Both identities. And I will say you can see this, by the way, now, on picture your test. You can see there are two entrances over here in the Lishka Sagazis. One on top that goes out. That's the entrance ultimately again to Chol. And one entrance that goes directly into what we call Ezra Sisrael. That rectangular strip over here that's 11 Amas wide. That rectangular strip where, where Yisraelim were allowed to come as well. Pasal's Kiddushas Mikdash. That other entrance over there. So we'll say that is our Lishka Sagazis. So now what we, what we emerge with is as follows. Lishka Sagazis, seat of the Sanhedrin, a basilla like chamber, a lot of activity happening over here. The Sanhedrin meets over here, the pious, the lotteries are conducted over here and also what we begin to see is the chamber itself was split part of it was Kodesh, part of it was Chol two entrances, one to Kodesh, one to Chol which ultimately again allows this chamber to have this dual identity we also learn that the Kohanim came to the pious they came to the lottery fully clothed in their big day. And also I just point out, I think an incredible like an incredible, an incredible hashkafa piece that comes out from this, which is also the notion, it's, it's fascinating to think that the identity of a chamber is determined by its, its entrance exit, its doorway. So, you, know, so you, you, could have, you could have a chamber, you could have a chamber that is situated in the Kodesh, but if the entranceway, if the doorway goes only out to the hole, the chamber's chol. You could have a chamber that is chol, but if the doorway ultimately goes out to the Kodesh, it's Kodesh, which also tells you that one of the most important determinants in life about who and what you are is where you're going. Where is your doorway? 
Where is your doorway? Where am I headed in life? And I will say that kivun, that direction about where I'm headed in life, that makes me who I am. So unfortunately, if my doorway is to chol, if my doorway is to chol, if my aspirations in life are not really consecrated, and my aspirations in life are not really spiritual and lofty, and pretty much my direction is just in the direction of chol, you could be situated and surrounded by all the kiddusha in the world. But if you don't have the right life aspirations of Kiddusha, if your doorway is not towards greater and enhanced Kiddusha, then unfortunately it's Chol. But conversely, a person could have a chamber, a person could have a life that is so Chol, right? That is so mundane, that is so unholy. But if I have Shi'ifos, if I have yearning, if I have desires, if I have wants for something bigger, greater, and holier, if my doorway in life leads to Kodesh, then at the end of the day, that in and of itself makes me Kodesh. You see, what the Ribbon Shalom wants to see more than anything is what do I want out of life? Because a lot of times the life that I have is not reflective of the life that I want. And the things that I'm doing are not necessarily reflective of the things I want to be. What HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to see in life is where do I choose to put my doorway? Does my doorway lead to Chol with no real great life aspirations or desires? Or does my doorway lead to Kodesh? In which case, if my doorway leads to Kodesh, if my path leads to Kodesh, if I have Shi'ifos, if I have yearnings for something greater in life, then that makes my entire life chamber Kodesh as well. An incredible Yisod. Says the Mishnah. Well, so let's go back. They're very exciting. Well, so to, these Mishnayas are, are like, they're riveting and overwhelming because it is so exciting. You know, you know like sometimes, you know, you go ahead and you're signing up for a program or something and you want to see a, a conference. You want to see sample schedule. Sample schedule, right? Here was last year's. So I'll say, this is incredible to get the, and this is not even a sample schedule. This is the actual, we're living in the Beis HaMikdash. We're going through the day of the Beis HaMikdash. And what's great about this also is we're actually up as early as they were in the Beis HaMikdash as well. So Mamish, like, you know, we're, we're sitting here sipping coffee, learning Gemara. You know, so it's incredible. Mamish, you could explore, because again, I don't know, all, 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 now already it gets, it gets light earlier. But also, you said, like, there, we start our day at the same time. Same time, which is an incredible schos as well. So the Mishnah says, "Also, we'll say second lottery." What happened with the second lottery? We'll say, I just want to give all sides. You know, we started the night kolal here at night, and I just want to give a special yeshakach to Milt Gertner. Milt was here last night at his chavrusa, and I'm a couple of tables away. Yes, eavesdropping. I'm not going to lie. And I hear mamish. They're, they're going ahead in the daf, which was. Let's say such a, such a sweet and melodic noise. So again, just a little plug. If you're looking to Chazer the Daf, or you're looking for a Chavrusa, or you're just looking to come and learn something else, it's beautiful. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, 8.30 to 10, here in the basement. Just a great Chavr, a great group of guys, and Milk Gertner. You know, I'll say, so, uh, so, <laughs> sorry. I will say, so again. So again, so, so the, so the mission, no, cause I, that when I heard Milt going ahead, I'm like, oh, I got, I got to bring my A game. If the Hebra is going ahead now, Mamish, this is serious stuff. So the mission says as follows. So we'll say the second, the second lottery, the second lottery, we'll say was for what? Was for the carbon tumid. So we'll say the second lottery, the second lottery was to determine who should check the carbon tumid, who should do the zrika, who should do the the the, the trumas adeshin from the inner mizbech? So also remember again, the trumas adeshin that we discussed in the first lottery was the trumas adeshin of the outer mizbech, the mizbech hanachoshes, the copper altar, right? In this second lottery now, we're talking about who does the trumas adeshin from the inner mizbech, right? Which was the golden altar 
of Kitores. Umi Medashinis Hamenora, who will clean out the ash from the menorah? Umi Male Evarim Lakebesh, and who is going to go ahead and bring up the limbs to the base? I'm sorry, up the ramp, up the ramp to the Mizbeach. Now, so we're going to see, we're going to see that the way it worked with the Avoda was the limbs weren't just immediately brought up to the top of the Mizbeach, but we're going to see rather they were placed at different parts of the ramp. So I just want to be clear, we're drawing the lots over here. This, this is not one person for all of these things. We'll see exactly how this was divvied up. What the Mishnah is just saying is that Allah this we drew the lots for all of these avodos. Right, so number two is who's going to shecht? Who's going to shecht the carbon tamid? Who's going to do zrika? Who's going to clean out the inner mizbeach? Who's going to clean out the menorah? Who's going to bring up the sacrificial limbs to the ramp? And what were those sacrificial limbs? Harosh v'haregel. So we'll say the rosh is the head. Regel is the right hind leg. Shteyadaim are the two forelegs. Haukatz v'haregel. Ukatz we'll say is the is the tail, and regel is the left hind leg. Hachaze the chest, Gera, the neck, Ushtea, the fanos, and the two, the two flanks, the two sides of the animal, Hakirayim, the intestines, Soles, Nebosei, is the fine flour that would accompany the carbon tamid, Chavit, in the Minchas, Chavit, Nebosei, which was, remember again, the special meal offering of the Kohen Gadol, Vahayayin, the wine libations, Shlosha, Asar, Kohanim, Zachubo, Nebosei, there are 13, you'll, you'll go through this, there are 13 Kohanim who won in this last, in this next lottery, Nebosei, so 13 Kohanim were selected for the, to perform these avodos. Good. So the Gemara says, and just ends up with an interesting statement. Now what I want to point out is something very interesting. So the Mishnah just went through the different parts of the animal. That order that the Mishnah gave was according to the Tanakhama, the order that the limbs were brought up, or the order that the parts of the animal were brought up, comes along Ben Azai, who says the name of Rabbi Akiva, Mishum Rabbi Shabbos, remember again, Ben Azai was the Talmud of Rabbi Akiva. So Ben Azai says before Rabbi Akiva, Mishum Rabbi Yeshua, Derech Hayakar. If he disagrees with the order of the bringing up of the sacrificial parts, instead he says that the order of the parts of the animal as they were brought up was really the way the animal would walk. Right? What we call Derech Right? Only way the animal would walk ultimately again was the way the, was the way that the pieces were offered up. We'll see what that means in the Gemara. Ibaylo, suppose that the Gemara says as follows. Kishen Mephaisen, suppose that here's what we know. There were 13 Kohanim, there were 13 Kohanim who went ahead and did these various avodos. So here's the Shailah Rabbo Sayyid. Kishen Mephaisen avoda achis Mephaisen, otimu l'chal avoda v'avoda Mephaisen. Suppose that here's the Shailah, here's the Shailah. When they drew this lottery, how did it work? Did we select one winner, one, one coin one? And then the 12 Kohanim to the right of him were assigned the various avodos? Or did we do 13 lotteries for each of these avodos? Take a look at the first Rashi in the Gemara. Maybe the only thing we did is we drew a lottery for who would get the shecht, the tamid. That was the lottery. And then what would happen? So the Gemara, and whoever would win that lottery, Misha Zachal Shita, Shuv Ain Pais the Shayud Bay Zavodos, Ella, Kohanim Shemukovin the Amino Nimshach and Akharov, Kathi Sidra Mishnah Senu, Shani the Zrika, Shlishiladishum is Bech, Pinir V, Odil and X Rashi, Hayuchosin Motsin of Osir. So I see here with the Shaylis, Kushayla. When we speak about this lottery, how did it work? Do we say, essentially, there was one lottery of So what was the lottery for? What was the lottery for? Who gets the Shech the Tamid? And let's say again, Aaron Akoin wins that lottery. Great. The 12 Kohanim to the right of Aaron are now assigned those subsequent Avodos. Or 
do we go ahead and we do the first lottery for the Talmud and then 12 more lotteries for the subsequent Avodos? Good kasha. To which the Gemara says, Tashma, Arba Payasas Hayasham. Well, so we learned in the Bible that there were four, there were only four lotteries. The fact that there are only four lotteries indicates to us that it must be they were only really doing a lottery for the carbon Tamid. And after the guy won the Tamid, the other remaining 12 were assigned to the Kohanim to his right. But there were no additional payasos, there were no additional lotteries for the other avodos. Tushtimar says, no, no, no. This is what it means to say. The Kohanim gathered four times to draw lots. They gathered four times. But it's possible that what? That within each gathering, there were multiple lotteries. So I will say, so it's possible they only, so throughout the day, they gathered four times. But during those gatherings, it's possible that they went ahead and actually drew multiple lots. Tashma, so I'll say I'm a base. Rabbi Huda Omer, there was no pious ultimately again, Rose for the Machta. Now, over here, let me read the rest. Alakoin Shazaka Victoras, Omer Lazeshimo, Zechei, Zechei, Imi be Machta. So, Bose, listen to this. We're going to draw the lot, we're going to speak about the lots which were drawn to perform the Avoda of the Kitoras, of the incense. So, I'll say, what would happen? The coin who would win the lottery for the Kitoras. Ultimately, again, he would say to the guy next and do me a favor, you bring in the coals. Because you're remember again, the avod of Kitoras required two things. It required bringing in a ladle full of Kitoras, of incense, but you also had to bring a shovel full of coals from the outer Mizbeach. So it was a two-man job. So what the Mishnah says, the Raisa says over here, is that the Kohen who would win the lottery for the Kitoras would say to the guy next to him, what? Go ahead and you bring in the shovel full of coals. Let's do this together. I'll bring in the guitar, so you bring in the shovel full of coals. So I will say, what do you see from here? You see from here that apparently what would happen is they would draw the lottery for like the major avoda, and then everything after that would kind of be divvied up by the pers- by the people who neck by the people who were adjacent to the coin who won the lottery. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, Shani Machto Ktores it's different, Nabosai. It's different because, remember, again, the bringing of the coals and the bringing of the kitoras was one avoda. Was one avoda. It's just that logistically, you needed two people. So you can't do two lotteries, one to bring in the ladle of kitoras and one to bring in the shovel of coals because, again, they're the same avoda. It's just logistically, you needed two people. So what would happen? The coin would win, would say to the coin who was next to him, will you do this avoda with me? But under normal circumstances, but like going back to our Mishnah, where each of these avodos are separate things, perhaps they really did go ahead and bring two, or perhaps they really did perform multiple lotteries. To which the Gemara says, Igeda Ami, others say, an alternate version of this says it was only by the macht and the kitoras, the, the, the coals and the kitoras, that it's one avoda that they didn't draw separate lotteries. But ultimately, again, all other avodos required their own lotteries. To which the Gemara says, Machta itzrichale. I have to bring down the case of the Machta. Why? Because I would have thought, I might have thought that Dafka by the Kitoras, you would Dafka draw multiple lotteries, right? One to bring in the ladle full of Kitoras, one for the shovel. Why? Because first of all, the Kitoras occurs infrequently, right? And number two, Kitoras, I will say, was a big schos. Why? Because Kitoras was a schula to become wealthy. Which I will say, even to this day, even to this day, it is very important to recite Parsha Sakitoras for one's Parnasa. 
Once you found some even have the custom to recite it from a cloth, ultimately again it's a school of parnosa. So the Gemara says over here, so I might have thought that because because Ketores was such an incredibly important Davoda, and it was a school to become wealthy, you should draw one lottery for the Ketores and one lottery for the shovel full of coals. Kamash Molon, that's not the case. Kamash Molon, I will say that we only go ahead and treat it as one Avoda. So Tashma, we don't go ahead and do a separate lottery for every single Avoda. So how do we deal with the Avodos? So they want to say, Ella, Kohen Shezach Abitamid. Rather, Rabbi said, what happens is the coin who won the lottery to Shech the Carbon Tamid. Shnei Masar Echav HaKohanan Mishach and Imo Shemagin. Rabbi said, so therefore, again, the Gemara says over here, what happens? What happens with the Avodah of the Kohanim? Rather, again, I will say one person goes ahead and wins the Avodah. One person, one, one person wins the lottery and the 12th Kohanim to his right get the rest of the Avodah. So, the conclusion of the Gemara seems to be that Halacha Lamaisa, we're really only doing one lottery. And what's the lottery for? Who is going to get the Shecht, the Carbon Tamid? And I will say, who is assigned the rest of these Avodos? So we don't do 12 more lotteries now. Rather, again, what we do is the 12 Kohanim to the right of the coin who won the lottery to Shecht, the Tamid, those 12 Kohanim are assigned the remaining Avodos of the morning. Incredible. I will say, that is indeed Haveran Mampaskins. This is in Perak Dalit, same, same Perak, as we mentioned before, but this is Perak Dalit Halacha Vav. So before we quoted Perak Dalit Halacha Aleph, I told us the Kohanim come into the pious. So we'll say Perak Dalit is an interesting Perak to look at because the Ramam goes through the whole Seder of the morning. So in Halacha Aleph, the Ramam taught us that the Kohanim come dressed to the lottery. And in Halacha Vav, the Rambam tells us this. The Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, Goes, he says, he says, Zeshiyatza Pais Rishon Ushoche Tamish Al Shachar, Vashini Shaomid Bitsido, Humekabala Sadok Shlishi. So the Ramam says, Halacha Lamaisa, that's how it works. So there's only one lottery. The only one lottery is for the Kohen who goes ahead and shakes the carbon Tamid. After he wins, the 12 Kohanim to his right are assigned the rest of the Avodos as outlined in the Mishnah. Beautiful. So we'll say, listen to this. The Gemara is Payasheni. Iboiluhu, Mimekabal. So we'll say, the Gemara has an interesting question. Because if you notice in the, in the Mishnah, the Mishnah is missing something. I'll say, right, how does the Mishnah read? The Mishnah says, we're going to go ahead and draw a lot. Mishochet. Who's going to go and do the Shrita? And then it says, Mizorek. Who does the sprinkling? We'll say, there's something missing. What's missing? What's missing? Kabbalah. Remember again, after you shech the karban, you have to go ahead and receive the dam. Who's doing the kabbalah? Who's doing the kabbalah? Mi mekabel. To which the Gemara says, shochet mekabel. So both say, on one hand, maybe we say it's the shochet. The person who's doing the shechit, he does the kabbalah. The amid zorik mekabel. Because if you want to say that it's the person who does the zrika that does the kabbalah, agav chavivu seilo mekabele kulei dam. Well, so, you know, the coin is about to do the zrika. He's so excited for the zrika that what? Maybe he's not going to leave the kli underneath the animal as it's bleeding long enough because he's, he's eager to do the zrika. So because he could do the zrika, he might not do the kabbalah correctly. The Gemara says, Oh, Dilma, Zorig Mikabal. So therefore, we'll say, there would be an argument to say the shochet should do the kabbalah, right? He should shech and hold the kli underneath the animal as it's bleeding. Catch the blood, because if you give it to the Zorik to do it, the Zorik's eager to do the Zrika, and he's not going to be careful enough with the, with the, with the, with the Avodah of Kabbalah. Oh, Dilma, 
The other hand, you could say, Zorik the Kabbalah. No, maybe the person who does, is going to do the Zrika. We also give him to do the Kabbalah. Why? The Amit Shochet in the Kabbalah. Because I will say, here's the problem with allowing the Shochet to do the Kabbalah. See, I will say, Kabbalah is an Avoda. And the Shochita is Kshera Bizar. Right? Remember again, technically, as, as much as they're drawing lotteries, they're drawing lots for who does the Shechita. Interestingly enough, Shechita can be done by a non-Kohen. Zimnim Deshachet Zar. Ultimately, again, sometimes Zar, not Kohen will do Shechita. So everyone will say, you can't assign Kabbalah to the Shochet, because then you can get yourself into a situation where a Yisrael is doing Kabbalah, and that's unequivocally usher. Say so for it must be that the Zorik is doing Kabbalah. Tashma, so what's that? It's analyzed. Ben Katan Asa Yud Beis Dad Lekiyor Kedei Shiu Yud Beis Echav Hakohanim Asukin B'Tamid Mekad Shin Yedeim Ragleim Basachah. So we'll say this is very interesting. In the beginning, right? Remember again, the Kohanim have an obligation of Kiddush Daim Ragleim, sanctification of hands and feet before they do the Avoda. There used to be a Kiyor, right? So there, there was a, there was a Kiyor which a sink, a wash basin. And there was one faucet, which would obviously cause a backup. So Ben, ben Cotton, we'll see, made a new kiyar that had 12 faucets, right? 12 faucets is the wrong word. 12 um, spouts. spouts. Thank you. 12 spouts, right? 12 spouts. Taps was excellent also, right? It was good. Right? We'll go with spouts. So, I'm sorry? Spigots. Okay, good. 12 zachen. 12 zachen, right? Not allowed. So I'll say, so why, why 12? Why 12? Because we'll say there are 12 Kohanim who participate in the Avoda of the Tamid. So the Gemara therefore says, so look, watch this. So that way everyone who's involved in the Tamid could go ahead and wash their hands and feet at once. And if you say ultimately again that it's the Shochet. Now I will say, now because Shechita's Kshera Bizar, technically speaking, you don't need Kiddushayim Veraglayim before Shechita. It's very interesting. So therefore I will say the 12 includes everyone other than the Shochet. Now, if you hold that it's the Shochet who's doing the Kabbalah, Kabbalah is an Avodah, if that's the case, then what? There would be 13 Kohanim who would be involved in the Talmud. Rather, it must be, Elalav Shmamina Zorik Mekabal Shana. So therefore, I both say, it must be that it's the Kohen who does the Zrika who also does the Kabbalah. So you have one Kohen doing two parts, Zrika and Kabbalah. Therefore, it's only 12 Kohanim we need Kiddush Laim for the Tamid. Because if it was the Shochit, so it's very interesting. Even though we're drawing a lot for the Shechita of the Tamid. Nevertheless, <coughs> the Shechita, technically speaking, could be done by Azar, by Nanko, which means it doesn't require Kiddush Laim. If it was the Kohen who was doing the Shechita, who was doing the Kabbalah, Kabbalah is then an Avoda, and, right, and therefore Avoda requires Kiddush Laim. You would need 13 spouts. Rather, it must be that it was the coin who was doing the Kabbalah, was the, I'm sorry, the coin who was doing the Zrika, was when it was doing the Kabbalah, indeed, that's case. And we'll say, that is how the Raman Paskins, that the coin who did the Zrika, was also the coin who was doing the Kabbalah. Beautiful. Amrali Rav Acha, Berei, Dirava, Rav Ashi, Afana Namitina, we also learn this way, Shachat HaShochet, right, the Shochet, Shechted, the Kibel HaMakabel, and then the Makabel received the blood, and then he went to sprinkle it. So also this is even more explicit. Is Bryce is clearly indicating to us that the one who did the Kabbalah was the one who did the Zrika, Shmamina. Both say that indeed is the halacha. So both say, so remember again, so now we have a lot of incredible halacha over here. So you have the coin who did the Shechita, only one pious, the pious, right, the lottery was for who would get to do the Shechita. Once that was determined, halacha, again, the 12th Kohanim to his right, where Zoha and the rest of the Avodos is outlined in the Mishnah, and the coin who did the Zrika 
was the coin who did the Kabbalah as well. Incredible. Says the Gemara Ben Azayt Rabbi Akiva. Tanabanan. Supposed to remember again. So the, the, the Mishnah outlined an order an order for the offering up of the sacrificial limbs of the Tamid. Benazah comes along and says, no, we have to offer them up in the way the animal walks. Says the Torah, how does the animal walk? Harosh v'haregel, the head and the front, and, and, the, and, the, and the right hind leg. Hachoze v'agera, the chest, and the chest and the neck, the two, the two front legs, the two sides, and ultimately again, the ukats, the tail and the left hind leg. That's the order in which the animal walks. Rabbi Yossi, I'll the Omer. So we'll see now, we'll stop over here. We'll pick up a message with Rabbi Yossi tomorrow. Just the machlokis as to the order in which the Talmud was offered up on the Mizbeach. Well, thank you, Rabbi Yashikayach.